strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! We know one thing. Maybe the only thing about this season. It's not going to be easy. It can't be. It's 2020, where nothing is easy. Ron Wolfley, the Cardinals, go into Carolina. We know what happened. We also know there's a second certainty right now, and Larry Fitzgerald will answer the question a little bit later. Is it or is it not a must-win going week five into the New York Jets? You don't have that cut ready, do you, Paul? You're not no. going to play that no, cut right now. No, I want your now. answer. A little bit later, we're going to hear from Larry. If you'd listen to me right now, yes. I want to listen to you and your response. Yeah, no, that's interesting, what do you Paulie. consider Of course, week? it's not a must win. It's not a must win. I'm just saying, Paul. Wrong it's, answer. It's, I, I, I know, and I, and I understand that. But I, I think this is honestly the situation where if you're a player, you got to believe you can win every game. I, I don't care what you're talking about. You have to believe that you can go out onto that field no matter who who you're playing under what auspices under what day what kind of conditions you got to believe you can go out there and win a football game and if you don't you're you're really playing the wrong sport you really are you're in the the wrong profession ball because you have to feel that way now again do you have a lot of games left you got 11 games after this game right here does it feel like the downside for the Arizona Cardinals if they lost this game would be massive yes to answer your question, yep. yes. And that will agree. Is there upside to winning this game? No, not a lot because you're highly expected no. to win this game. But the downside, you're right, is steep. It is vast. It's the Grand Canyon of downsides. There's no doubt about that. Which leads us to this question, Wolf, because it seems incomprehensible that the Cardinals would go and fall to an 0-4 Jets team that is now missing its starting quarterback. But... When you think about the fact that the Lions' loss was supposed to be the wake-up call, what do we now make of the loss at Carolina? Yeah, no. And how concerning is what? How fixable? How concerning is what you saw in those four quarters at Carolina? Boy, that's a great thing about it, Paulie. I think it is fixable. First of all, it's kind of like your kids, Paulie. You've got kids, right? Of course you do, right? You have some kids, and I've got kids as well. And sometimes you tell them, "You, you don't do this." Don't do this. And what do they do? They do it, right? They do it. And many times, do you have to tell them twice, Paul? Sometimes do you you have to tell them twice, maybe even three times? Yes, you do before they actually get it. And And I just think, honestly, that this team with some of the young leaders that they have on this team, and there are guys like Kyler Murray 
who's developing as a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, who's still developing his leadership skills. I do believe that they've got some young leadership that probably are going to play up to their competition and down to their competition for a while. This is still a team that is figuring out who they are. They're a team in transition, as Dave Pash likes to say. And a team that, guess what, the opposition has been transitioning. They've been seeing some different defensive schemes. You know, now the Cardinals have to counter. They have to counterpunch what they've gotten in terms of game plans against them the last couple of weeks. So we'll see about that. And, yes, as we've been saying for a while now, it's BYOE, bring your own energy. And there's just something about going to New York and the Big Apple, even minus the fans. We know how Chase Edmonds excelled a year ago. You're just waiting to see who will be that guy who will have that big game in the Big Apple. Maybe it'll be Byron Murphy because he's our special guest tonight on the Big Red Rage, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Snap to Bridgewater, four-man rush for Arizona. Bridgewater steps up, runs left, 15, cuts right, picks up the first down, 10-5, touchdown, Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater showing his athletic ability on third down and eight, broke tackles, and got into the end zone for the touchdown. Last week we didn't tackle well. The third downs were atrocious, and the red zones were even worse. You know, and that's that's a big issue for our defense for any defense if you're not playing well on third downs which leads to more plays which leads to more red zone snaps now you're bad in red zone which leads to points what was really confounding for all of us no one more so than the defensive coordinator vance joseph we heard from today and you heard right there on the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford is that the arizona cardinals defense came into the carolina game in week four number one in the nfl in third down defense they came in number two in red zone defense, Ron mm-hmm. Wolfley. I don't have to tell you. And the final numbers were not kind. Seven of 11 on third down Carolina. You want to throw in fourth down conversions. They were eight out of 12. And in red zone, four out of five. Yes. So whether that had to do with the intensity or the failure to match their intensity, as Cliff Kingsbury said, after the game, whether I do a scheme, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, in hindsight now, Wolf, how would you diagnose some of the issues on defense? Well, Paulie, it's interesting because just not on defense. I can't just talk about defense. I have to talk about the entire state of the team being ready to play that game. I think, Paulie, you were there. I would agree. You were there. on the sideline or lack thereof, I would agree with that. It's myopic to actually start and say, well, the defense. Uh, What was the problem with the defense? It It was the team in all three phases, if you ask me. It was the team that was not ready to play that game. And if you want to look to see if an offensive unit is ready to play, you go ahead and you look at the line of scrimmage and you watch how the big guys come off the ball. You watch how they come off the ball. If you want to watch how a defense plays and if they're ready to actually start a football game, you watch the line of scrimmage and you watch tackling. And oh my goodness, the tackling was horrific in a word. At least a dozen missed tackles, you would say? Yes. At least? Uh, yeah. Listen, we counted more like 15, mm. 16, somewhere in their ball. Wow. Well, 168 yards rushing for a Carolina team minus Christian McCaffrey. You heard the highlight, Teddy Bridgewater going 18 yards. That's his first rushing touchdown since he suffered the horrific and near career-ending knee injury summer of 2016. 
He also threw 26-37, 276, two touchdowns. He did have the pick. And so all that being said, on both sides of the ball, as you mentioned, Wolf, Kyler Murray was asked this week about what he thought the Carolina tape revealed. Got to be more physical. They were, uh, you know, they, they really just, they were more physical than us. Um, when it came down to it, um, they played harder than us. You know, they flew around better than us. And um, ultimately, at, at the end of the day, they wanted more than us. And, um, you know, I think that was pretty evident on uh, Sunday. So this in week, that was the bad news in week four. The good news is, once again, it's fixable. You can address it, right? Yeah, absolutely, Paulie. But this is so important that you get your your leader. You get Kyler Murray up in front of everybody, up in front of the world saying, this is what happened. We got out physical, right? They they beat us. They played harder than we did. That is so important, Paul. It really is. Because listen, there are many things that will beset you in life. There are many obstacles that you have to get over in life. But Paul, if you don't identify those obstacles, if you don't acknowledge those obstacles, you're never going to get over it. You'll never get better. And this is the reason why it's so important that Kyler Murray is not only a de facto team leader, but also a guy that is pointing it out saying this was the issue. And the issue was they played harder than we did. And they were more physical. And he's telling the truth. And that is so important for every guy that's in that locker room to hear what he's saying, absorb it, and then do something about it. And look, we've all seen athletes and teams in any sport that can accept a loss to some degree. I have seen none of that this week. Kyler Murray was not in a good mood. He didn't appreciate some of the pointed questions about how the offense wasn't very vertical and was more horizontal. Patrick Peterson didn't want to hear a lot about some of the passing yards today. Larry Fitzgerald was very blunt. So I'm guessing, Wolf, that the film sessions and some, <laughs> I mean, some of what's going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to have not been pleasant this week. That's my guess. Paulie, that is really a salient observation from you, and I'm not trying to even rip you this time. That I mean, that really is. They might be on edge because of what they heard in that film room. Oh, There's a really good possibility, Paul. Maybe they did get lit up. I mean, do you want me to go through some of the numbers? If you're the defense, Carolina went on scoring drives of 13, 9, 10, 8, and 15 plays, four drives of 75 or more yards, time of possession 37 plus to 23. There was a key drive you gave up in the end of the game, the end of the third to the fourth quarter, where they took eight and a half minutes off the clock, and then they had the field goal, made it a three-possession game. Obviously, we know about the lack of a run game, and you couldn't get Kenyon Drake going 2.7 yards per carry. Only 55 plays run on offense. There is room for everyone to be salty after that game. Yeah, no doubt about it, but this is a different NFL, Paulie, today. It really is, right? It's not just with the Arizona Cardinals as well. The Bruce Arians of the league are dinosaurs for the most part there's the the coaching hard and i'm gonna scream at you and rip you apart and stuff that just has gone by the wayside in the game of football and i think it had to based on the dynamics of the game today but i don't know if they got lit up the way they would have in 1985 but something tells me somebody got the red butt and started yelling Heck, even 10 years ago, what would Ken Wisenhunt do after a game like that? Oh, yeah. he, he, he would run a full practice, knockdown, drag out practice on a Wednesday. 
he, he would put you in full pads, full contact, yeah. and they would go. That, that's unheard of these days. Hey, Paulie, I had a coach that put the red dot on you on the film and said, always remember, guys, the better man wins. Mm. Think mm. about that. And sometimes you got your face kicked in with the red dot. Byron Murphy next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. over the middle, caught by Sims at the 45 and dumped immediately by Murphy. Job right there, Byron Murphy in bad cover. Byron Murphy really throwing. Throws it, end zone near side, broken up by Murphy, was there against Taylor. Byron Murphy, one-on-one in the back of the end zone, made a play on the ball, here it is. Fourth and five for the Niners on the 16 of the Cardinals. Garoppolo to pass, throws to the right side, incomplete! Murphy steps in front of the receiver and knocks the ball down. The Cardinals take over on downs with 33 seconds to go. Byron Murphy makes a play on the pig. Oh, that is big time. What a play by Byron Murphy. Cardinals starter, first pick, second round 2019. One of only four rookie defenders a year ago to start all 16 games. He led the team with 10 passes defense, Ron Wolfley, a year ago. And if you want to keep going back in the hot tub time machine, Scottsdale's own, your Arizona Cardinals High School Player of the Year circa 2015. Local boy makes good. And if you remember in 2014, I love these high school stats. I love to go back in time and look at NFL guys and what they did in, in high school. 2014, when he was a teammate with Christian Kirk, all right, yes. at, at Saguaro High School, they went 14-0 and with a state title, and they combined for 57 total touchdowns. <laughs> That's just stupid. Had a couple of high-round picks on yeah. their team, Paul. There you go. Byron Murphy joins us on the Big Red Rage Scottsdale Zone. Byron, how are we doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're doing great, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. How many yes, times sir, appreciate when, you guys. when you're out and about, how many times do you run into I know it's tough here in 2020 with a pandemic, but just in general, when you're out and about, especially when you first arrived a year ago, you run into people maybe you went against in high school or at least claim to have played against you in, in high school or in youth leagues. And, and then they sort of they, they share their anecdotes of how dominating you guys were throughout the youth leagues around Arizona. Oh, yeah, usually around Arizona, you know, you always got guys that, you know, you grew up playing with or or other teams you have friends with. So it's just great to be, you know, back home and, you know, get to uh, talk about you guys' steps that you guys, you know, we always have planned. And me being able to talk to them guys about being at the next level is a good journey for me. But like I said, having the youth teams in Arizona is always always competitive. And now to this day, we're always uh, still uh, linking up with friends to this day. So, Byron, I grew up in Orchard Park, New York, the village that actually has the Bill Stadium in it, right? Orchard Park, New yep. York, a suburb of Buffalo. And I always thought to myself, man, I wanted the Bills to draft me. That would have been awesome to play in front of my, my hometown, right, so to speak. Yet at the same time, there would have been an awful lot of pressure on you to go out and play. How do you feel about that? How does it feel to be drafted by your hometown team? Is it more pressure than anything else? I just think it's really a dream come true. You know, I grew up a Cardinals fan being from Arizona. Uh, you know, that was the biggest question. You know, a lot of people say uh, he's going to have pressure staying at home. But I, I just think it's a blessed guy. I have all my family here, so I'm not really going, not going anywhere far or anything like that. I'm comfortable where I'm at, so... I think it was a good fit, uh, and then, like I said, it was a blessed feeling to stay home and be around my family as well. 
Well, I, I cite you guys. I got a 14-year-old here, and when it's over 100 degrees, doesn't want to go to practice, I said, you know what? Byron Murphy and Christian Kirk and DJ Foster all dealt with it when they were growing up, so get out there and get to practice. So I hope you don't mind. Oh, I, use you, I use you guys as a barometer, okay? Oh, yes, sir, definitely. Your use practices are very hot. So, Byron, how are you feeling? Uh, you're four games into this season right now, year two. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great right now. You know, I just, I, as this game's going on, we just got done at the first quarter. Uh, now it's uh, on to the next. So, body feeling good, mindset feeling good, just ready to keep working. I just think this team has something very special. And like I said, we just got to keep working and getting to it. But, yeah, but overall, just everything's great right now. All right, here's Patrick Peterson this week talking about you and what he sees in your future. Byron, he's, he's always been a grinder, you know, ever since he's gotten here last year. You know, the, the game means a lot to Byron. You know, he wants to, to make sure that he's in the best position possible to be successful. And it's only going to get better for him because the game is going to continue to slow down for him. And I tell him that, you know, each and every time we have an opportunity to talk. You know, the sky's the limit for Byron. Um, you know, he has all the physical attributes, you know, all, you know, every athletic ability in the world that a cornerback needs to be successful. You know, not just on him to tap in into that and, and be consistent. So we know you have the skill set. It sounds like you have the work ethic. What has been the biggest transition for you into the NFL the past year and a half? Uh, I think I think P2 said, it. you know, the game kind of slowing down for me. I thought it was very fast at the beginning. Uh, getting into my playbook was one of the biggest things, just watching film, getting those small details together. But and, uh, again, working with uh, Pat P, you know, he's helped my game a lot. Uh, always just asking a question, you know, answer it, you know, answer the right way for me. Uh, even when we're in film, I just watch his footwork. Like I said, all the small details and just get that knowledge from a vet like that. You know, it's a great, uh, great fun to have him in the room. Someone like that you can learn from as well. But I just think, yeah, the game just slowed down for me this year. And I just think that's the biggest thing out of our game, just make sure, you know, just, uh, just not overthink a lot of things. Listen, Byron, I know you're year two and you're coming into the league, but do you ever look ahead down the road and say, man, I'd love to play 10 years. I'd love to play 12 years. I'd love to play 14 <laughs> yeah. years. I mean, do you allow yourself to ever think, this is the way I'd like to go. This is the direction I'd like to go. This is the kind of career I'd like to have. Do you ever allow yourself to ruminate about that? You know, the biggest thing for me is I just you know I just can't see myself without football. So <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's forever. You know what I mean? I hope it's forever. But I know that when that day comes, you know, when it's over, uh, hopefully it is 15 years, you know, I'm able to play as long as I can. But as to today, you know, I'm never looking for me to come off that field. So I'll be there for 30 years. So maybe can, so. maybe coaching <laughs> as well, Byron? Coaching? Is that oh, yeah. something? Oh, yeah. Oh. Definitely, definitely. Coaching, yes, sir. Definitely. Coaching as well after, you know. I'm surprised, Wolf. 20 games into his career, you're already asking if he wants to be a coach, but he does. So, you know, he saved your keister on that question right but there. But you know what? Know. It's because Byron loves football. He loves football. Listen to what he just said right there, right, Byron? I mean, you can't <laughs> yeah, imagine football, that's, not that's having football. I also have a son, so kind of right now just try to teach him some stuff as well, give him some tips. Love that. Nice. Congratulations. Byron Murphy, Cardinals cornerback on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. All right, so Wolf's looking at the horizon. I'm looking at this week. Take us into the meeting rooms. We speculated earlier that based on Vance Joseph and his, uh, well, his demeanor, uh, I'm guessing there were some unpleasant film sessions of sort this week. You tell us and paint us a picture what it's been like, the climate around Cardinals' facility. Uh, You know, the climate has been the same, you know, obviously – Obviously, you know, the uh, losses that we had to take, we all had to take this man and take it under the chin. But, you know, nothing's really changed as much. You just know 
look at looking at yourself, each other in the mirror, or look at yourself in the mirror. I mean, uh, and just you know, just get back to work. You know, everything happens for a reason. So I just think we just gotta go on to the next game. Uh, everybody just has to be accountable for hold every single person accountable on the team. And like I said, the most important thing is just get back to work. Uh, like I said, this team, you know, it's a very special team. So I just know what we can do, and you know, it's gonna take everyone. So everyone in the facility as well. So we're just gonna have to uh, just keep grinding. And like I said, you know, film room as well. But kind of, you know, take it under the chin, get your mistakes out of the way, learn from it, and move on. So that's the bigger picture. Just keep moving on and just working every day at practice and getting better. Byron, as you were watching the tape, how did you think you played in this game? Uh, obviously, could have got my feet down on that pick, still holding that against myself because I know I can make that play. Um, Overall, I just think, you know, my game could have been better at certain plays. And like I said, I'm trying to learn from every single day. So when I'm getting that field, I'm just not uh, writing every single thing down and just uh, listening to my coach. But I just, as overall, I just think as a team, we just got to, like I said, lock into a small detail and get the dub next time. So we're just getting back to work. And we're just going to keep looking forward to uh, each and every game, every week. You know, I've been doing sidelines for 15-plus years, and it is staggering when you go on the road now. There is zero atmosphere. And I I know historically Cardinals teams will feed off the opposing fans, and it's you against the world. Well, that doesn't exist. So has that been a challenge this year to try and get that intensity up? Because that's the first thing that Coach Kingsbury cited after the loss in Carolina. Oh, yeah, you know. That energy is a big – that's a big difference in a football game. You know, you want your sidelines to always have great energy no matter how the game is going. So, you know, not having fans is kind of, you know, it's a weird thing for us. We never, you know, we never play football with no fans. So, you know, that's the type of thing you got to look look forward to when you get into the uh, away game, especially just not being, you know, you're not home. So we're going to somebody else's house with no fans. So try to hold, you know, your teammates. Make sure everyone's energy level is great. When everything's going good, same energy when everything's going bad. So as you just need the whole team to have great energy throughout the whole game because it's so quiet. So, Well, this week they're going to get Joe Flacco, Wolf, as you know, as Sam Darnold has been ruled out with that shoulder sprain. So it'll be very interesting to see what sort of challenge Joe Flacco presents the Cardinals' past defense, 35 years of age, Super Bowl MVP 2013, about as traditional a stand-up and upright quarterback as you're going to get, right, Wolf? You got that right, Paulie. Not only that, Love Bell is a possibility to come back and play. Interesting. Hey, join the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL family by registering to vote today. Make your voice heard on November 3rd. Visit azcardinals.com slash vote. That's azcardinals.com slash vote. It is the Big Red Rage. Byron Murphy is our guest, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Guess who else is back? A pro bowler out of the Cardinals secondary. We'll talk Buddha when we come back on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Buda Baker is right there. There's Buda Baker coming over the top. Buda made the play. That is big time. Carson off the right side, and Buda Baker makes a nice backside tackle. He's going to the Pro Bowl as a safety. Buda Baker, like a dark cloud coming out of the <laughs> secondary. What a great job by Buda Baker right there, coming up to make that play. Dumps it off near side, caught by Homer at the 30. He gets tattooed at the 32 by Baker. Buda. Baker. Buda Baker. 
came up to make that tackle, and I mean finish that tackle. People asked me last week, hey, you missed Passion Wolf on the road? I said, no, I missed Buda Baker. <laughs> That's what I really missed last week. Yeah, oh, right, boy, he, uh, after three games this year, he led the NFL in tackles for defensive backs. He had 28. Missed last week, and man, there were a lot of missed tackles. And uh, there seems to be a cause and effect. Minus Buda Baker, who, no big deal, just a year ago had 147 tackles, wow. most of any defensive back in the NFL. It is the big it is the big red race presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Ron Wolfe there, Paul Calvis here, and we continue to be joined by Byron Murphy, who goes back to the, your UW days with Buda Baker. So if someone is about to see Buda play a game for the first time, Byron, what would you tell him? What kind of advanced scouting report would you give someone who's never seen Buddha play before? Oh, I'll just say he's a playmaker. Buddha's going to fly to the ball every single play. <laughs> he's going to come in full speed. The boy don't break down, but great playmaker, like I said. Someone who's smart, plays great football, and comes up to the ball, all, like I said, full speed, and coming up to really hit you. So, Buddha Baker, I would just say, you know, obviously known him since UW, one of my brothers. Uh, someone who, you know, kind of taught me as well, but I'll just say he's a dog overall. Yeah, he is a dog. There's no doubt about it, Byron. You know what? It's interesting because as well as he tackles, I am really impressed the way you tackle as a corner. Is that something you take pride in? Oh, you know, that's always been that's always been a little chip on my shoulder. People say I was the smallest. You know, that just kind of made me go out there and show them, you know, size don't mean nothing. To go out there and put the pads on the handle and just show you. So that was just my mindset, uh, bringing up that heat. So I, I tell you, though, those UW defenses, I mean, if you're going to play, especially for Jimmy Lake in that secondary, he's now the head coach, I'm guessing you better tackle, right? Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> coach Lake's going to get on you if you don't tackle. That's one thing we always practice as well. And then in the film room, he'll get on you. So in a corner at UW, you, may, you have to make sure you know how to tackle so when you have Buda Baker back, do you think communication in the secondary will improve? Oh yeah, definitely. You know that he's been he's been a leader of our defense. Uh, he's someone who we, we always can go up to and ask questions as well. Even on the field, he's just making sure that every single thing is going right. Even if there's a motion, he's going to recall it. So you know, having that leader back there is going to help us out uh, help us out a lot more. When you looked at the Carolina film and where Teddy Bridgewater had success in the passing game, I know Pat mentioned a lot of crossing routes, rub routes, dare we say picks. Uh, tell us about their approach and, and and what you guys found during the course of that game as to their game plan. Oh, yeah, just like you said, they're running man beaters, crossing routes, over routes, um, you know, kind of just kind of mess with our eyes. But that was one of the things, you know, we talked about during the whole week. Uh, like you said, Teddy was making plays as well. Um, you know, shout out to them. They had, they made the plays that we, uh, you know, we kind of wish we could get back. But that's just something, like I said, go back in the film room and get a fix. You know, Byron, I have three keys to this game. I won't tell you all three of them, but the third key is get off the field on third down. This was something you guys were doing yes, so well right through the first three games of the season. You were doing so well in terms of getting off the field on third down. How do you get back to that? You know, that's the big emphasis we talked about in the film room as well. Even at practice, when we have our third down periods. we got to make sure we're making those plays. No matter, you know, the situation, the ball's in the air, just making sure we're coming down with it on every single snap. So them third down plays, like you said, those are the biggest keys in the game. 
you got to keep driving and get off the field. You know, that's just going to be, like I said, all has getting into the ball, the small details of doing your job. So that's just going to be the biggest thing going off the field on third down on Sunday. Byron Murphy joins us here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. You mentioned Buddha flying around, not breaking down, just, just bringing the heat. And, and, and we know how he gets fired up to play in his home area of Seattle. Here's a wire clip. He was mic'd up for the game last year at Seattle, and uh, the number was two, the number of running backs he knocked out of the game. <laughs> Seahawks run the ball off the right side, and a big hit by Buda Baker at the 26-yard line. The Cardinals have been much more physical than Seattle. You came up and crushed that dude. Oh, man, full speed. It was crazy. Like that, boy. You crushed him. Full speed. How you do that? No fear. No fear. I ain't scared of nobody. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love how Chandler Jones goes from pass rushing maniac to media interviewer. He's like interviewing you know, Buddha there it. between plays. Yes. I love that. I mean, your reaction to that, Byron, you get to enjoy that every game. Oh, man, that, my reaction to that was just, I was just laughing the whole time, especially Chandler. Chandler said, how'd you do that? <laughs> that, was, that was a funny part, you know, when Buddha said that fear nine, it was, was that kind of little motivational clip because, you know, like he really came in and made that play. It was a special play, but when Chandler came in and said, I just think it was funny. Byron, how about you personally? If you had to pick one technique, press man, man off, or play in his own room, what would you pick? I have to go with press man. Press man. Why? Why press man? Walking up over the receiver, putting your hands on a dude. Yep, I'm a physical guy. Uh like working at the line of scrimmage, getting hands on guys. Uh really could play anything, but that's just my special. Uh like I said, getting on that line of scrimmage is making it hard for the receiver to get and get into his route. What's the danger of that? What is the danger for anyone that is listening right now? Why is press man what what are the what are the ins and outs of playing that technique? You know, the ins and outs, you're taking a chance. Your technique has to be great at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I just think your feet can't be dead. you got to always keep your feet moving because, you know, the receivers these days, they like to do a lot of moves at the line. So just making sure you're patient and, you know, just having that confidence, making sure that you think you're going to make the play, even though the ball could be thrown somewhere else, just think the ball's coming to you at all times. You don't have to ask Pat P that twice either, right? That's his preference to play the press man, correct? Oh, yes, sir, definitely. And so when you guys look at this Jets team, and and how do you figure Joe Flacco, he's going to be making his first start of the year, and their weapons and, and that offense, what jumps out to you right now about the Jets? Uh, I just think overall as a team, uh, we just can't take them lightly. You know, the record doesn't mean anything in this league. Momentum, I think, is a big thing in, this, in the league as well. But something that just jumps out, you know, they got playmakers, uh, you know, every single week, someone they're going to have playmakers in there in the game. So we got to make sure we approach it like every single Sunday. Don't look at them any type of a different way or anything like that. Uh, and then, like I said, stick to the game plan uh, and just uh, play your keys because you can't go into any game just knowing uh, knowing type of certain little small things. And then I just think that's one of the biggest things for all of us is coming this game, knowing you know playing with that confidence and knowing that we can uh, get this W. And, of course, you're going into New York, and we've talked about this, Wolf. You know, you come in as a team, and not only you are trying to get the win, obviously, and you're trying to get the taste out of your mouth of last week, but yes. you go in, and this is where you can make a bit of a name for yourself and really try and establish some legitimacy as a playoff contender. And 
And for all the media and the attention and all the eyes are going to be on you, I mean, you used to go into New York every year when you were in the NFC East with the Cardinals. There is a different vibe, isn't there? Yeah, no, there really is, Paulie. There's no doubt about that. You're talking about the media capital of maybe the globe for the most part. But I can tell you right now, man, I am jacked up for the Arizona Cardinals. I want to see their intensity. I want to see them breathe life back into their offense and their defense. We continue. Byron Murphy with us here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Snap to Jameis, back to pass, looks near side, floats it, and it is picked off at the 35-yard line by Murphy. His first career interception. What a great job by Byron Murphy turning around and getting his eyes on the ball, locating the pick, and coming down with a pick. Yeah, two picks in that game by the Arizona Cardinals. The first career interception by Byron Murphy in that game a year ago as a rookie. He is our special guest tonight on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvi, C. Ron Wolfley, and Byron Murphy. And Byron, we had Andy Isabella on. And he had the big catch-and-run touchdown, his first, the 88-yarder a year ago against the Niners. And then he told us he used the football for training purposes in the offseason. It was the only ball he had, and he'd take it out on the field. I mean, it wasn't a souvenir or a commemorative thing at all. How about you with your first career pick? Whatever ended up with that football? Oh, my mom took it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Good she move. She took it from me, and she framed it. She put it up, and she told me you'll never get it back. So she kept that ball. Told her it was for her anyway, so she got it right now to this day at her house. So, Byron, here you go, another 10 a.m. start, body clock-wise, right? How much does that mess with you? Um, You know, it's kind of a little it's a little adjustment, but my thing is wherever, you know, time, place, wherever we're playing, you just got to uh, be ready for the game. So when I wake up, you know, probably be a little tired, but, you just know, that game day feeling just kind of that energy level is kind of different, so. And as we mentioned, Cardinals went in last week with the number one defense on third down. Vance Joseph talking today about what happened then and what needs to be fixed. It came down to tackling. It came down to third downs. We won the first and second down. Okay, We spent most of our third downs, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14. So that's a clear indication that we won first and second down and we lost third down, which were longs. Okay, so if we can fix that part, that's going to fix the defense. Give us your diagnosis. When it comes to the missed tackles, because we had really not seen that the first three weeks, uh, what does tackling come down to in your estimation, Byron? Give us a definition of what makes a good tackler and what needs to happen this week at New York. You know, how, how I look at tackling just a want. You know, it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as you get the runner down. But tackling, you know, like I said, all has got to get to the ball. Uh, everyone on the defense got to run to the ball every single play. Um, and this, this like uh, this Sunday, we just got to make sure we fix that. Uh, everyone getting to the ball, wrapping up, just making sure everyone's flying to the ball because if everyone flies, you know, it's 11, it's 11 hats on the field. So everyone, someone's going to get them down. So just, you know, that effort. And you won uh, the willing to tackle. That's what it comes down to. You know, the intensity seemed to be lacking a little bit, Byron. Just looking at the start of that game, the offense, of course, not being able to move the ball, had to punt it. Then there was a block punt. And then all of a sudden, now here you go, right? The defense comes out there and gives up a long drive for a touchdown. You guys really started slowly 
What do you do about that? Do you guys talk about that, about bringing the intensity right from the first snap? Do you talk to each other about this? Oh, yeah. We always got to come out with that fire, you know, playing at one speed and that's fast. Uh, that's something we say every single day. And I think starting off slow like that, you know, you just got to make sure everyone stays locked in, everyone, you know, keep each other up. And not, no point in fingers because of the team, you know, it's a whole, it's everyone, not individuals. So start off slow, you know, the next person, you know, defense got to go out there and make a play. Obviously, we came, like you said, we got the uh, touchdown score and that's, we got to just go into the next play on the next drive. You know, offense coming out, whatever, you know, they score. If they don't score, you know, like I said, it's the next play, next drive. So just having that mindset, I'm just keep uh, trying to get uh, – just trying to make a play every single uh, every single down. That's the biggest thing. Uh, and like you said, getting off the field on third down, you know, I just think that kind of helps. And that confidence level just reaches uh, even higher every time. So, like I said, just keep, keep our nose in and keep working and keep grinding. And then, you know, obviously we want to make those plays happen. And once again, you know, it's worth reiterating, Buda Baker is back. He tweeted out those words, I'm back. We know he's one of those heartbeats on the team. And here's, here's Larry today when asked about Buda. Nobody means more to this football team than Buda Baker. You can take that to the bank. I mean, the guy plays the game, you know, the right way. He, he works at it. He's humble. He's level-headed. He's, he plays through injury. He plays the game of football like he's six foot four, 280 pounds, the way he flies around and how selfless he is. If he's asked to cover, he's asked to blitz, if he's asked to do whatever, play different positions, he knows it all. I mean, this guy is um, the best of the best. I remember when he – was a rookie and when he was at UW he said Byron that in the offseason because he's a Seattle guy he would work out with the Legion of Boom with Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and those guys did you ever have a chance when you were in college to interact with any of those guys with the Seahawks at the time? Um, I actually was at the facility uh, Tracy Ford and Bellevue Washington that's where everyone trains I met a couple of those guys trained there for a little bit in the offseason but uh, came back to Arizona so didn't really have that much time up there. Uh, got a couple workouts in. Uh, got some uh, knowledge from Tracy Ford and, their, and those guys, and then came back to Arizona. Hey, Byron, man. Just totally, totally want to thank you for coming on and talking to us tonight and spending as much time as you have. Really do appreciate it, big guy. Thank you. Appreciate it, Byron. Oh, yes, sir. Thank, thank you, guys. That is uh, Byron Murphy, one of your starting cornerbacks, and... I tell you, this Cardinals defense, eh, I'm expecting them to hit the reset button, Wolf. And what we saw those first couple of weeks, really the first three weeks in a lot of ways, real curious how they take out this last performance on the New York Jets, Adam Gase and his scheme, Joe Flacco and that offensive line. All I know is when Chandler Jones goes into New York, he usually has a big game. So we'll see what's in store as we come back and wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Back to pass, Bridgewater throws deep, right side, overthrown and picked off by Patrick Peterson along the sideline. He's out of bounds near the 31-yard line, and there it is. Just like San Francisco, a potential momentum shift with the takeaway. The first interception by Arizona in 2020. Second down and goal from the three-yard line. Snap to Murray, back to throw. Humps right, looks back to the middle, fires into the end zone. Caught for a touchdown. Thomas with the touchdown. His first 
as Kyler Murray and Thomas hook up to get Arizona on the board, making the most of that Pat B pick. Great calls and astute observation by our Dave Patch there. Cardinals at Carolina, and yeah, well, it was hard not to think of the block punt at the 49ers when the Cardinals were down 10-0, and then the resulting touchdown in the next play, Chase Edmonds, and all of a sudden, boom, the Cardinals were in. They end up winning that game. They were only down 14-7 at that point at Carolina, but uh, there was no repeat. 31-21, they end up losing. It is a big red rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. And what I loved about that Jordan Thomas touchdown reception was it came out of a three-tight end set, more yeah. of a power goal line type set didn't it yeah no doubt paulie right there that's you're all over it and that was good to see but listen going into this game right now i have to tell you paul listen i i have three keys and i want to talk to you about these three keys let's go but none of this paul none of this matters if they're not ready to play none of this matters paulie agree you know i yeah. you go back and you think of what we saw last week and how slow they started that game Man, if there's a repeat, none of this matters that we're going to talk about right now. Well, here's before you get to your keys, here's Larry Fitzgerald when he was asked, just to go ahead and illustrate the importance, the urgency that's on the line here if this Jets game in Week 5 is a must-win. I believe so. I mean, you look at the leaders in our division, Seattle is 4-0 right now, and they're rolling. We have to be able to find a way to, to get back in, on the right track. Another road game, we're crawling across the, you know three time zones to play, um, and we we got to find a way to, to, to put four quarters of good football together on all three phases, and yeah, it, it is definitely a must win. You're not in the NFC least, okay? You're in the toughest division in the NFL. So with that, just that alone, plus right. you had two games that you you arguably should have won the last two weeks, so you got to make up ground. Go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely, Paulie. Yeah, I love that that Larry came out and said that because you need that kind of honesty. Number one key is to protect Kyler Murray. You have to protect Kyler Murray. You're talking about a team that leads the National Football League and roughing the passer penalties. Mm. Seven. It's not even close. The next team has three. Think about that, Paul. <laughs> Last week alone, the Jets had six personal foul penalties on the field. Six. Okay. Greg Williams' defense is rated R for Correct. reputation. <laughs> it stands for reputation. That's good, Paulie. I yeah. love that right there. Yeah, Greg will protect Kyler Murray at all costs. Number two, they got to run the ball, Paul. They have to be able to run the ball and run it in a north-south way. they got to get Kenyon Drake going. Think back to the second half of last season, right? Think back when this offense really was starting to fire, really was starting to click. That second half, the last eight, nine games of the season where you had Kenyon Drake and Kenyon Drake was running the football and he was doing it in a north-south way. The physicality that was brought into this offense really mixed well with 11 personnel, 10 personnel, four wide receivers, three wide receivers, right? 12 personnel with two tight ends. They used all different kinds of personnel groups, and the run-pass ratio was, oh, man, I want to say about 50-50 yeah. for the most part. That's guess important. what? It helped the pass game because now they had to respect the play action. That's exactly right, Paulie. you got to be able to do it. Run the ball. That's number two. And number three is get off the field. they got to get off the field this week on third down. The defense was so good through the first. Even against the Lions. Even against the Lions, the defense yep. was 33% on third down. I mean, that is great. That's championship level right there, getting off the field if you keep the opposing offense to 33% 
on third down. They got to get off the field on third down, get back to playing that defense that they were through the first three games of the season. Let's see. Can the Cardinals find that identity, especially on offense? Here's Cliff Kingsbury this week. We're kind of trying to find ourselves just like every other team uh, through this first month uh, in an irregular NFL season. And we haven't hit our stride offensively. It's pretty evident. Um, we have to do a better job coaching and, and playing. And uh, I think we will as we move forward. We, we want to run the football first and foremost. And, um, you know, I haven't been able to be as effective as maybe we would have liked. Wolf. We joke about, you know, I mean, it's a reality. Greg Williams and how they play to the echo of the whistle and the reputation precedes them. <laughs> yes. What sort of defense do they play in terms of scheme? And what can Cliff Kingsbury expect, do you oh, think? Oh, my goodness. You could expect anything out of this guy. Greg Williams is going to play a 4-3. Paul, he might play a 4-3 or a 3-4 in the game. Really? I, I kid you not, yeah. He'll go ahead and he'll mix up all different kind of personnel groups. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe me, just listen to Greg Williams <laughs> the next time he starts talking about his defense. He says, hey, listen, I'm going to make sure that you're practicing on stuff that I'm never even going to call, but I'm going to show it to you on tape. That, that's <laughs> that's quintessential that's Greg Williams What right he's there. trying to do is confuse you and get you to work on a lot of different things, a lot of different packages that he has that he won't even call come Sunday. Well, I tell you, um, to me, if you can get a big lead early on this Jets team, you're not telling me they're not just going to fold and pack it in. Plus, maybe you get Streveler out on that field and you save your quarterback from Greg Williams' defense and what they did against the Broncos in that game. Remember, the Niners have more wins at MetLife Stadium this season than the Jets and Giants combined. Two <laughs> versus zero. Special thanks, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, Byron Murphy. Thank you very much tonight for Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvici. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Number one, Kyler You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.